regardless of what other people around me are doing because I tell you whatever this was whatever virus I had whether it was a cold or flu it made my youngest so sick and I I had like headache and body aches like I have never had before uh it was not fun at all but on a positive note I I'm grateful for this reminder from the universe uh, to watch out for the worst one because I certainly don't want to have that experience. And uh, I got well pretty fast. I know I'm still a bit froggy and I am tired, but you know, I'm amazed that I am healing up from this faster than my kiddo. Uh, who was an otherwise healthy 17-year-old. So, I am really excited for you to enjoy this wonderful conversation with Cat Crow. She is a fantastic artist who has so many different projects and creations already out in the world. Um, I'm excited to get her decks and... But even more than her amazing art journey and how she had a recent awakening and did not see the messages <laughs> that her art was giving her for 20, 30 years, 20 years, I think. Cause she, yeah, um, but it's really amazing how our highest self and our human experience works its way towards finding our more aligned authentic path we talk about authenticity and also about the uh the trauma and wound so content warning we talk about um persecution of witches and uh some of the the violence in past lives that some of us may have experienced and just the the general um reasonable fear of being authentic being public being your true self uh and stepping out in that way so i think this is going to hit a chord with a lot of you because part of what kat and i talk about is how now looking back at our lives all the things that we thought weren't quite the right move or the right decision or you know we felt like maybe we weren't getting where we were supposed to be all of it was necessary to be where we are now 
So I hope that gives you all some inspiration that uh, wherever you're at, it's okay. And you're going to get where you want to be. Keep that dream alive. Keep doing the things which bring you joy. And I love you all. And I will talk to you next time. And by next time, I guess I mean at the end of this episode, which is kind of funny. We recorded this about a month-ish ago, and I think it is coming out in divine timing, as usual. So enjoy this beautiful conversation with Cat Crow, and I can't wait to have her on Meow Podcast. Welcome back, Galactic Groovers. I'm Andrea Land, your grooving goddess, and I'm so excited to have with me today a very talented uh, and amazing artist and comic creator, uh, Kat Crow. Welcome, Kat. Hello, thank you. Uh, I have been an admirer of your artwork for quite a while, and I have that funny uh, Gen X disability, I think, where, um, at least that's what I like to call it, where I have trouble you know, if I meet people in one context in the, the groups that we hang out and have met in, for instance, um, connecting the person with the IG handle, with the artwork, <laughs> with all the different things. <laughs> yeah. And so it was funny that I, I just, I happened to um, see your artwork again and come across that and invite you on the pod. And then it wasn't until I had that I realized, oh yeah, it's Kat. <laughs> <laughs> it's good when things work out that way yes yes it always seems to be divine timing um (laughs) we were just talking listeners before we hit record about how um there's you know there's a certain amount of um anxiety when newly awakened or even when you've been in this higher consciousness game uh for a while to being publicly vulnerable and sharing that part of yourself for fear of uh, ridicule or disapproval by some. Um, so we were just kind of kind of take off from there. And you had told me that you, you know, this awakening was pretty recent for you. So I thought that would be a fun place to start. Yeah, I really, I think of it as having gotten kicked off in mid 2019. That's, Mm -hmm. that's when I really, and now we're a few years out from that, but it was still like, I feel like I spent the second half of 2019 doing like kind of nothing else, but awakening kind of, Mm -hmm. um, that's where my mind was at pretty much the rest of that year. And those first few months of 2020, before we got to all go into, uh, another level of uh, right <laughs> whatever, wherever we were destined to go um yeah so uh yeah most definitely uh so what was that like for you I mean did you because what I know your artwork has is it truly lends itself to expansive thought and multi-dimensionality you know um do you feel like that was part of what led you down that path somewhat? I, Opening that up for you? 
that's a really, I feel like, you know what, the universe was screaming at me even through the years when I was an atheist. And, and I feel like my, it was screaming at me through my art and it was screaming at me through dreams. It was screaming at me a lot of ways. And I think I was unwilling to become weird enough in that way. I think I just thought I needed to be an ordinary person for a lot of years. And I honestly feel like prior to my awakening moment when I, which I feel like is in 2019, I feel like my art was really stuck for a lot of years. I feel like mm -hmm. my art and my writing and a lot of the different endeavors I was trying to do were all stuck and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out why. Um, and I don't know, I think that you can like look way back in my Instagram and probably see uh, just, you know, a lot of different things that I was attempting, but nothing was fully culminating. And right. I feel like in 2020, during the pandemic, when we were all inside and I had gone through a really like fast paced awakening process in the second half of 2019, mm -hmm. um, I, think that like something several things just clicked into place with my art during 2020 and I found myself now now even more last year it seems so weird that that's two years ago it still feels kind of like it was only one year ago but time is so weird but mm -hmm. uh yeah like like especially even um things were clicking into place during the pandemic I was creating zines that were you know, very, uh, you know, just um, me laying more of myself out on the table, as much mm -hmm. as I felt comfortable laying myself out on the table as far as what I had discovered in 2019. And then in 2021, things, things really clicked in my art in 2021. Um, and I, I had been trying to create paintings and I had kind of just almost like given up that type of art because I, it was like I didn't have access to my ideas for years previously, which was really intense and frustrating. And I didn't know how to even talk about it. And that was part of why I was in a very depressed state at the first part of 2019, which kind of, sorry if I'm laying out too many dates and things. I no, feel like no, I'm- No, 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 <laughs> no, no, timeline. great. <laughs> I, it's really wonderful to have that. I think, I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of listeners for sure will relate to all of that. Yeah. Uh, there has been such a tremendous shift for a lot of people yeah. over the three to five years, I would say, myself included. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm infamous at this point for being uh, the person who was awake from birth, pretty much, but I had not been able to uh, move myself past living in the structure of, you know, only 3D and living that um, subsistence survival sort mm -hmm. of life yeah. versus doing what I'm doing now. I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even start this podcast until uh, ooh, like fall 2020. 
So, mm, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, I, I, it's like, I had all these things. I had the card reading. I, I knew I was psychic. I had prophetic dreams and it was yeah. kind of like, it had not done me any good in my, my mundane <laughs> life. Yeah. And then I was in a partnership where it was very uh, repressed for me to express any of that mm-hmm. for a long time. And so it took me um, getting myself out of that five years ago. Mm. Um, and then a slow process of removing all of the layers of constriction that that, that had put on my spirit until, uh, it was same thing. It was about 2019 for me that oh, wow. I started reading cards, uh, more publicly. And at that point, I mean, all I was doing was just sharing them online, yeah. which was like a huge deal for me to even try to do that. And then, um, and then once I started, and then once I got to the point where I was like, yeah, you know, I think I want to do this, then I created, you know, this other account, the Grooving Goddess thing, and that was my handle and became mm-hmm. my, my persona. Um, but even then, I was still kind of hidden, and it really wasn't until yeah. um, the pandemic came in full force, and it was like, well, here we are, that yeah. <laughs> uh, I had the time and space and um, courage to yeah. truly put myself out there, so I don't, I, you know, I think your your timeline makes so much sense, <laughs> and it's important for other people to hear, um, <clears throat> so I, I understand, because I'm a singer and songwriter, the the creative, um, like I, you know, I try not to use this word too much because of the association, but it's like this creative constipation that happens where when you aren't in alignment with mm-hmm. your spirit, yeah. you, you can't pull the ideas that you have fully out into materialized form. Yeah. Um, so feel that like- all makes so much sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really think that there were several things that were in the way and it was, it became clear as I was really looking at myself and, it, you know, it was like the same things which had directly to do with everyday life, like, you know, um, comparing yourself to others and, and mm. being competitive in that way. And then how that was toxifying my attempt at making art for a long time. And I am still in like a recovery from those tendencies. And mm-hmm. I, I can see like, as the rest of my life improves, when, as I recover from those things, the art follows. It's, it's, it's really interesting like that. Yeah. Yeah. That resonates for sure. I, um, that's, it's kind of, you know, you get a little further down the path and don't be surprised if you hear from other struggling artists now (laughs) who are going through something similar and want to connect with you about that, because I have people now um, who will talk to me, you know, wanting to know, okay, I'm interested in doing this, that, or the other thing, and how did you do it, and um, tell me what they're Mm -hmm. struggling with, and it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I had to stop making things for acclaim, approval, acceptance, external validation. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. the trick for me in starting this whole journey, the most recent one, Mm -hmm. was learning that my best success 
was going to always come from doing whatever I was most passionate about, making it for myself, like making whatever art or creative form it was or expression, making it for myself and being my authentic self in that and then putting that out in the world. Yeah. That seems to be what allows you to have that full um, unfettered creative expression and allows other people to find you and Mm -hmm. be drawn to your resonant frequency because otherwise like you're saying you're stuck in that trap of comparing yeah yeah you know people are having a really hard time with the compare and competition thing they're having a hard time right now and struggling with Mm -hmm. um reconciling living in the world differently and not participating in that Mm -hmm. while still using the same tools like Instagram (laughs) and other social media that encourages uh, or Mm -hmm. seems to encourage and promote the opposite, you know, but yeah. So it, 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 that all makes perfect sense to me. And yeah, time feels so weird. Like (laughs) on the one hand, I feel like I started my podcast like a month ago. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, I can't remember not being who I am now. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. It's a very strange feeling, um, truly. So when we were talking about having our chat, I know one of the things that came up is that you were um, sort of trying to figure out how to discuss these more grand um, higher consciousness, uh, Mm -hmm. woo, quote unquote, things um, (laughs) more publicly while also... um, like wanting to be anonymous all the all the staying safe stuff you know and as I think about it I feel like it's still this residual feeling of certain people in my mind who I would like Mm -hmm. to impress which is Mm -hmm. a funny you know Mm -hmm. a funny thing Mm -hmm. to be holding on to yeah um like this idea of who my who I look up to right and Mm -hmm. who I would be Mm -hmm. so sad to disappoint if they right. were to discover right. that I had uh, whatever succumbed to woo thinking or whatever. <laughs> you know? Right, right, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I know you know on a soul level that uh, yeah. that doesn't matter, yeah. but you still have to be a human in the human experience and live in the world. And so it can be difficult <laughs> yeah. to let go of those things. I went through many layers of that myself mm-hmm. when I started mm-hmm. this process. Like I said, you know, yeah. first it was just sharing cards online. And then I had um, my podcast and my intuitive services and all that sort of segregated from my real world, uh, yeah. you know, pr- the Andrea Land part of me that yeah. is public and all that. And then it just slowly, I got to a point, especially once I started the YouTube podcast with Serafina. Yeah. um it be it was like well I'm out there now you know what I mean yeah <laughs> you know what There's yeah something said about that that uh mm-hmm. that moment when you 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 actually cross the bridge and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know and, and you don't know what? yourself an exit yeah <laughs> yeah and nobody here's the thing that I want to say about that and <laughs> why I'm leading us down this pathway is yeah. that especially right now this is a huge theme and something that people are being asked individually and then as a as culturally I think we're dealing with it as well is um 
accepting each other for our authentic selves, you know, without necessarily agreeing with the other person about everything, but um, also knowing that I did all that. And funny enough, nobody showed up with pitchforks and torches. (laughs) I even in my very conservative, uh, somewhat MAGA heavy, Christian community, Mm. uh, all these people that I thought were going to now Mm -hmm. reject me as a person didn't do that. You know, they may not not comment on my posts like, oh yeah, I totally feel that, but they just scroll on by. And then when I share mundane, ordinary things like about my dog or whatever, they're they're still my friends and they're still there, you know? Well, that's reassuring. You know what? I, yeah, I, I feel like, um, you know, I hear about like a few people who like have woo podcasts and like have had woo podcasts for like one or two years who eventually they have like the religious family member who says Mm. this is of the Mm -hmm. devil. I don't really have many, I have a few religious family members, but really like the last like the the dominating presence in my life is not actually like religious mm-hmm. people it's mainly atheist people right. and so which uh can yeah. be argued is its own religion in a way and they yeah. will come for you just as much you know yeah. what i mean i mean there's definitely yep. that yep. that thing there of mm-hmm. people uh oh, so now you believe in this, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so yep. it, it really it's all boils down to the same thing, yeah. which is judgment and yeah. forcing people not to be their authentic selves, yeah. forcing people to go along with the herd. Yeah. But what yeah. makes this really timely, and I promise I'm going to let you talk more, is that I will tell you, I have had this podcast for, well, I've been doing podcasting for about a year and a half because the first one I started was not woo. It was more sociopolitical, which was also Mm. putting myself out there, especially where I lived. Because I mean, you could probably guess I wasn't doing a MAGA cast. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Can you imagine? (laughs) Oh my, I cannot imagine very easily. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. Um, But this last month of uh, booking people and talking with people and releasing um, interviews and whatnot, I have had more people concerned about anonymity, being mm-hmm. nervous about being seen and all that than mm-hmm. I have had in the previous year and a half I've been doing this. And I, I was just talking to Serafina about it today. I think I know why. And it makes perfect sense to me in that I think a lot of us who, um, you, we know we've been here lots of times, you know, yeah. we know we've had lots of experiences. I think that the current pendulum swing and backlash of uh, extremist um, conservatism and what's going on in Texas with mm-hmm. it looking like it's trying to turn itself into a real life version of The Handmaid's Tale, oh my gosh, book right. burnings, mm-hmm. all of those things are triggering mm-hmm. our 
persecution wounds, the, mm. the wounds of, you know, oh trials and the Inquisition yep. and mm. of having to be, you know, repressed and fearful. Yeah. And I, I think there's two forces that work there. On the one yeah. hand, there's this dense energy that is fighting back against the um, influx of unity consciousness, yeah. unification of polarity and unconditional love that has come in. Uh, it is trying to create fear to shut us up. You know what I mean? It's just yep. like all these energies moving together, but then at the same time, it is also giving us the opportunity to become aware of these things mm -hmm. and to heal them and to step forward, you know, in our place of authentic authenticity mm -hmm. and power and knowing that um, we do not need to fear for our safety, realistically, you know? And so I think it's yeah. helping us to reconcile those, those past karmic wounds and experiences where we did have to hide. Mm. I mean, in this own lifetime, yeah. I've had to hide. Yeah. Like up until I was, 25 probably mm -hmm. I needed to hide who I was oh yeah seriously yeah um, oh hang on a second I'm gonna pause because my uh ear pods for some reason are about oh. to die hang on oh yeah mm. all right listeners <laughs> I had to take a little pause there because my um earbuds decided to have their battery drained by the geomagnetic storm we're in the middle of <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, so I really think that we are being given an opportunity to heal a lot of those those feelings. And so it makes sense to me that especially people who are are more new to this entirely mm -hmm. like you would be going, oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm I'm the one that I was making fun of uh, three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, mm -hmm. I would, I've, I've become the one that I, uh, I thought was crazy, you know, so. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And I mean, what an opportunity and, mm -hmm. and, um, balancing of scales on an interpersonal oh, level that is for all of us, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know what, everything you're saying, it, it does make sense. It does make sense. You know, I'm, I'm thinking like, yeah, you know what, maybe, maybe I don't give the whole world the credit, you know, significant credit that uh, this whole transition really is happening and, and, and is happening to the whole world. Mm -hmm. And everyone is feeling it a little bit. Um, like I was just looking at YouTube videos the other day of, um, you know, when I was a teenager, I was really into like, you know, Marilyn Manson and the Nine Inch Nails and Corn mm -hmm. Tool and all these bands. And so I found on YouTube these old, you know, VHS, you know, crinkly videos uh, of, of some of those old concerts. And I was just looking back at the same material from the 90s. And I was just like, floored by how like I could vividly see how consciousness in that time was just so like just so different it was so not what it is now and I I think mm -hmm. we've, we've been seeing a lot of that just like material surfacing from 
the nineties, like, I think that, that uh, documentary about Britney Spears as well, got Mm -hmm. people thinking like, oh my God, that, you know, like the things she had to go through that, like, it's, it's almost like another universe, the, you know, more than 20 years ago. Uh, And it's just the mindset has shifted so hugely. And it truly has. It truly has. That's a really good point, Kat. Yeah. Um, because I think especially for, I mean, I believe you're younger than me, but like for, you know, Gen Z and the younger millennials, I think sometimes things can feel very, very, um, hopeless because they don't have the context of seeing Mm. how much things actually have changed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the world I live in now compared to what I grew up in is so vastly different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a, you know, a, another thing that's coming in a lot along with the themes of stepping into authenticity and um, facing our fears and knowing that we're, we're safe, uh, no matter how it might appear on the surface, um, is the divine pairings coming in. And part of that is everyone who is experiencing those new partnerships and new relationships is having to learn. Um, and the older you are, the more difficult it is because the more conditioning you have um, mm-hmm. is, is having to relearn how to have a conscious relationship, how to have one with healthy, secure attachments and yeah. interdependence instead of codependence because that codependent dynamic was just woven through the fabric of society, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's switch gears now and talk more about your zines and your beautiful art. I just, I feel transported when I, like sometimes your, your feed on Instagram, for instance, sometimes just scrolling through and pausing and looking at the images is like a mental spa break for me. Like I feel- <laughs> I'm so I feel glad transported and I love that it's so colorful yeah. and um evokes other realms and whimsy and it, it just I don't know it just like it speaks to that childlike part of myself that a lot of us lose at different times where we lose that magic you know that we have when we're kids and yeah. I think it has such tremendous healing power oh thank you that that makes my day that that it makes you feel that way I'm so glad (laughs) (laughs) well I have a feeling I'm not alone so um what has your art journey been you said that you know you you have been an artist for a long time and have been creating you mentioned zines and comics so I would love to know more about all of that about kind of what your path has been and oh um, yeah yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm doing so many different types of art at this moment. I, I also just recently, well, last, uh, you know, the, uh, a few months ago, I finished a Kickstarter for my Oracle deck that I designed, which is called the Radiant Souls Oracle deck, which I did with digital illustration. And 
Um, right now, while we're talking, I just finally, finally, the uh, distributor has finally shipped them. So those will be going on my Etsy store soon. But um, oh, I'm so excited. And yes. you know thank you for reminding me. I have so many things going through my head lately. Mm-hmm. That that was part of the reason why I contacted you in the first place. Because um, I saw that deck and I was like, wow, this is a beautiful deck. And then I looked at the rest of your artwork. And so yeah. that is really exciting. I can't yeah. wait to um, get my hands on one of those. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's the technically third Oracle deck that I've done. Um, and then the first Oracle deck that I ever did is called the inner mask Oracle, which I started working on when I was like 20, three 24 it was it was like a long process I drew those images all in mechanical pencil and ballpoint pen into like these notebooks that were I was I was living in the Czech Republic at the time and in Europe they have these um very inexpensive little sketchbooks that are for children and they are you know um Europe has its own uh um, you know, a standard paper system. So mm-hmm. it was this like nice little pocket, like, you know, purse size rectangle. And so I, I started drawing, drawing these images of this character called the inner mask. And I didn't know anything about tarot at the time. I knew what like the general average person knows about tarot, mm-hmm. you know, which is like a very small amount. So, but I, I somehow knew even then that this was a, I thought it was a tarot deck because I, I didn't really know yet. And I hadn't heard the word Oracle deck yet. And I wasn't like following the tarot, obviously in my, you know, like one-to-one ratio thing, but I just, I just figured like one day I'll, I'll draw all the images and then, um, it'll just, it'll just be its own, its own tarot deck. Uh, so I, I wound up drawing over the years, like was it 78 images or 80 images, something like that. It's like, you know, I was, I was paying no attention to tarot standards at that time. Um, Uh (laughs) Yeah. And I brought it with me back to the United States and I had just like all the, I had like multiple binders full of these drawings that I had made in these little booklets. And then I, I also had a colossal amount of written material. Like I had just like scrawled down all these thoughts into mm-hmm. notebooks about every image. And wow. yeah, so I got back to the US in, and I didn't touch the project for a long time. I, I was like, you know, when I was 28, I came back to the US and I, I was like, I gotta get um, a dignified job. I'm gonna get a you know, I'm going to go to grad school for digital art and I'm going to become somebody who does something with computers. And so uh-huh. I, 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 I just like, I wanted to have some sort of stable guaranteed thing, you know, which has its, you know, there's, there's things that are, can be said about that, but mm-hmm. at the same time, that was mixed with a lot of assumptions that I wouldn't even, you know, uncode until way later, but you know, it's, it's both of those, it's both of those Mm -hmm. two sides of that coin. So, uh, 
so I went to school at UC Santa Cruz and, you know, I, there was like a good five years where I did not touch this inner mask project, maybe even more. I, you know, I went through this whole timeline where I'm working in uh, Silicon Valley, uh -huh. you know, games industry, and then as a UX person, and then, uh, you know, I, I meet someone there and together we move out here to New York City. And um, then I say to myself, you know, uh, uh, now I, I think I'm gonna try and actually publish this tarot deck I'm working on. How do I do that? And then I start looking at, you know, and asking around and, uh, you know, the, the, the information about what is and is not a tarot deck. There, there used to be, a place here in Brooklyn called the Tarot Society and they used to have a brick and mortar location and they would meet up and I went there and I showed them the, you know, the project and they thought it was really interesting. That, that place closed down a while ago and hasn't been there for some time, but I was, I was gradually just like showing the project to these people, to those people and Finally, I discovered this website called thegamecrafter.com where you can upload your artwork and just like they'll produce, they'll print you it on cards. And I was like, oh my God, I can finally see this in its end form as a deck. And so I, I got, you know, the deck made for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to uh, say like, okay, I've got these cards. Now I just, I just have to, uh, put all those scroll, it, like these, these I, I have to write the, the meanings manual. And I opened up this colossal, like, just like trunk of notebooks of, well, not a whole trunk, but you know what I mean? It was like yeah. not an insubstantial amount of writing about this project. And I just like, I was like, oh my God, this is like a, a nest, a, a wild, bee's nest of information and a lot of like emotions which I was having at the time and um and I was a different person now and I'm like I have to I have to translate these thinkings of my much younger self about this this project and so I started just like typing it out and trying to clean it up and trying to edit it into some sort of cohesive readable by other people than me thing and uh that process is is um you know has taken the longest of all and this you know it's 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 at the it's at the like admittedly like ridiculous level but um i have an instagram account that's just for the inner mask project and um, where i apologize to people for the you know it's been available uh, i have like a v1 of the manual i like uh -huh. i i chopped down and i tried to put like some sort of the essence of every one of the meanings into a you know a small document that would fit inside the game crafters um booklet size which is a, you know, they limit you on how many pages. So I had to limit myself on how much I could say. So there right. is like, like a, what I call it, like a, like a cut down concatenated version of all that I have to say about all the cards in there. And mm -hmm. it, this is available on the gamecrafter.com and it has been for a few years. So 
the 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 very last piece that I'm that I'm looking to complete this year, and then I'm going to finally do a Kickstarter for this project, is that like see every single one of these images has like a short story, like a like a short narrative mm -hmm. about what it is happening, what it means for someone seeking identity and what like what it what what this symbol has to say about this ongoing search for the self and so that's what the full manual will include and so i am just you know the, the ridiculous amount of time later but as someone told me, this is a year nine for me, which means I complete things this year. So that mm -hmm. means I'm completing this and then moving back into year one, uh, you know, starting over when, you know, when, mm -hmm. when my cycle starts over and then it will be clean slate time mm -hmm. with regards that project. And that, that one, it's just been so long coming. Um, and you know, it, it is largely a project about the search for self. It's like this inner mask is like this cartoonified figure, which has like, it's very simple figure. Although when, mm -hmm. in my pencil drawings, I rendered it like a realism thing. And uh, it has its face is like one of those plastic party masks. And instead of looking outward, it's turned inward and looking back oh. into itself and so that's and and it wanders in a dimension that is the subconscious realm it's looking for itself in a universe of symbols and it, and it's looking outside of itself but at the same time it's a tent its focus is pointed within so outside of itself is simultaneously its interior and so um it searching for itself in this place is um is is symbolic of searching inside yourself but at the same time it points to those those times when you're looking for yourself outside and that's never where you're going to find yourself oh yeah i mean that statement right there is everything <laughs> that I th and, I, and I think we only find that more and more mm -hmm. the older we get the more mm -hmm. we grow the more we learn yeah. and especially right now there's a huge movement towards people doing that just organically you know mm -hmm. I think a lot of people uh, to some degree like rejecting the, the way we were falsely led to believe we needed to pay attention to the news and the media and social media and all of those things people are starting to realize wait I can't just keep if I'm always looking outside of myself I'm never going to find me mm -hmm. um, yeah. and so yeah. that is so poignant what you just said mm -hmm. uh, the um, what was I going to say oh mm -hmm. it's and so that deck sounds amazing and I I'm really looking forward to the manual Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. the, uh, uh, okay. Where was I going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Pulling it out of my brain. Um, mm. there is a really wonderful tarot reader from Canada who goes by Astro Boy Ricardo. And he is also, he's like, 
he he's like a conscious christian like he 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 is in the the camp where you know jesus was a mystic and mm-hmm. um there's a way to merge the two things but mm-hmm. the way he reads the tarot and the way he presents it to people cuz he's also a teacher he's a special ed teacher mm-hmm. and he presents the tarot like each card tells a story which mm-hmm. uh you know really resonates with what you're doing and so i i think that is going to be very well received and successful because people learn better uh, i know what i found very frustrating with traditional tarot uh i didn't really feel like um the cards were useful to me until I discovered Oracle decks, you know, Mm -hmm. because it had less constriction and generally had more of the storytelling aspect about each, you know, of the aspects that were contained in the deck. And um, so I think that storytelling is so important and you are doing it with this project uh, from the new paradigm you know, because the original tarot, the very first decks, they were all more focused on external validation, I would say, Mm -hmm. and relating to the consciousness and the um, 3D uh, structure, survival-based living, five senses experience Mm -hmm. of the human experience at the time they were written. Mm -hmm. And so we really need modern versions and Mm -hmm. storytelling and those ways of um, portraying those ideas but oh my gosh you are such a fascinating person Um, because you say things like you drop these things like well when I was in the Czech Republic and I was drawing all these images years and years ago without knowing about tarot I mean your journey is quite uh, exciting and interesting and fascinating because um, to have been drawn to literally draw that into being uh, while at the same time, like not really believing in any of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was pretty amazing. And I, I applaud you for the way that you were able to um, like follow your heart's call, even when you didn't know what the hell it was talking about. Right. Yeah. Oh my, that was so odd for a person who was like, I am too smart to believe in that magic nonsense. I just Mm -hmm. have this tarot deck I'm drawing. It's just an artwork. It's just for money. (laughs) Not gonna, not gonna, you know, not dipping into, I believe in that, you know, it it was mental somersaults to Mm -hmm. make the two things work together. Yeah. And uh, it was like it was like an inconvenience for my material mind that wanted to think of me as a rational, logical, upstanding citizen who, you know, (laughs) didn't have any, (laughs) you know, contamination by uh, possibly untrue things. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, that is, I mean, amazing. That is just amazing. I love it so much. And something else I wanted to mention, um, that you probably don't know about me because not a lot of people do. My cat is meowing at me, uh, because my son has not, um, gotten up to feed him. I'm thinking (laughs) I might need to pause and go do that. So he doesn't harass us. Um, he's like, okay. See, now he knows I'm listening. So he goes, meow, meow, and starts meowing cute. They're yeah. so manipulative. 
<laughs> I know. Oh, my cat this morning, I was like, he was, he was, my cat was meowing at me this morning too. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you more. Fine. I just don't want you, you know, <laughs> yeah. interrupting me, but, uh, you know, and I, uh, gotta, gotta keep the cat happy kind of. Makes yeah, me definitely. <laughs> <laughs> this, this cat is like a mini Jaguar and he definitely has the ability to wreak havoc if he chooses. <laughs> um, but before I pause and go feed him, I just wanted to get out that, uh, I grew up in Palo Alto. I grew up in Silicon Valley and Santa Cruz was one of my favorite places. Um, so when you were talking about that, I was like, of course, that makes so much sense. So um, I've been in Colorado now for, oh gosh, longer than I've not been in Colorado. So I guess we're going on 26, 27 years, but yeah, I grew up in Cali and um specifically Palo Alto. So I watched Silicon Valley rise up around me and become a thing. Um, so it's really, uh, it's those little nuggets happen, those little Easter eggs when I talk to people and I'm like, yeah, that's why we click. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Wow. That's amazing. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to pause real sure. quick the recording and go feed the kitty and I'll still be talking to you, but, uh, yeah. the, the listeners won't get to hear that. <laughs> new year, new ad. Welcome to 2022. I want to tell you a little bit about my services. I do a variety of Oracle readings, animal communication, expansion coaching, consciousness anchoring, and grief mediumship support. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I'll just move right on to the Patreon, which is a darn good deal, because here's the deal with that. There's a $5, $10, and $20 tier. All tiers receive 50% off all of my services all the time. Unlimited discount. As well, the $10 tier gets full access to all content, including all previously recorded content from the last three months. And you would think with only three months, I wouldn't have that much, but boy, there's plenty up there. It would take you a while to get through it, to be honest. So there's plenty to watch and listen to and absorb and learn from. As well, on the $20 tier, my VIPs get a free service every month. So that is like a 75% discount on some of my services. If you would like to have me as a guest on your podcast, or you would like to be a guest on mine, go to my booking link through my link tree and book a podcast interview. If you have a good or service or healing art or intuitive practice that you would like to trade with me for one of my services, let's start the new economy with bartering, shall we? So go book a trade, go book a podcast interview, go book a service and go join the Patreon at Grooving Goddess on Patreon. You will have to go do it in a browser because you can't find it uh, in the app due to the fact that I have it marked 18 plus. So if you would like to join the Patreon, go do that there. And boy, we just can't wait to have you there. The Patreon has grown so fast in the last few months and I know we're just going to keep growing. So come join the Xanadu party and learn more about yourself, space weather, grid work, consciousness expansion, time manipulation and perception 
and much, much more. All right, we're back after having gotten the uh, dog cat fed because he has the personality of a dog. <laughs> but he identifies as a dog, I think. He's a cat who identifies as a dog. Um, so I love that we have all of these different connections, but um, circling back real quick to the idea of, um, you know, being afraid to be seen or worried that we're going to disappoint people, uh, what, you know, no matter what their position is, who might think that our belief in any of these um, concepts of higher consciousness or uh, tarot and oracle cards or any of that would be um, nutty. I wanted to throw mm -hmm. in there as well that what I have found is the more brazen and authentic and courageous I am about it. And not that I'm calling myself some kind of hero, just saying, you know, finding that courage within myself to go, well, I have to be who I am. And if people reject me because of it, then I guess they weren't meant to be in my life. Mm. I have been so surprised by the people who, after watching me do this for a while, are starting to come to me and be curious about things and it's opening them up a bit. Mm -hmm. And so um, for you and for anybody else out there, I think sometimes those people that you look up to and want your approval, yeah. when they see you being your authentic self and doing this, it may actually wind up um opening their minds a little rather than being disapproving of you I think it all just really does come back to that I keep I keep like just I, I was I was thinking earlier in our conversation about um there's a quote from Mr. Rogers because of course there is and, and <laughs> he was saying that like people are starved for authenticity and so yes. sometimes I remember how he said that and um it's just so blatantly true because we fall into or i th i feel like in my experience like the majority of people i see on instagram and i see this in myself as well it is so easy to fall into the fear stuff and mm. the manipulation stuff and the agenda stuff it, mm -hmm. it's it's not easy to just like be free of all that. And I, I do think that like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's scary to be authentic mostly because there's been so much convincing us it's not safe to be authentic because mm -hmm. we won't earn enough money that way or we'll be in danger from what other people think that way mm -hmm. or we won't get love that way. Uh, other things, other things. Um, yeah, but it's so important though. And every time I'm, I'm like stimulated to that, to remember that quote, more often these days and this is what i feel like i'm kind of working on this year is mm -hmm. further work on that that search to be more authentic um 
and more like honest to myself and mm -hmm. and so on. Yeah. Yes. I love all of that. And, and I love Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I mean, it would be a whole other episode. And actually I think Supernatural Sarah wants me to come on her show again, even though I talked two and a half hours about my, my health journey with her um, since birth. Uh, she wants me to come talk about, you know, my, my screwed up um, childhood and stuff. Um, but in a lot of ways, Mr. Rogers was my dad. You oh, know what I mean? Wow. Like there were, and yeah. I think that was true for a lot of kids mm -hmm. because yeah. uh, there was such a societal shift in the 70s and 80s yeah. with, you know, women joining the workforce, um, mothers going to work, um, marriages splitting up during that first initial wave of consciousness expansion because mm -hmm. they went, um, wait a minute, I am only a partial person, mm -hmm. not because there is not enough fulfillment in being, you know, of having um, the job of motherhood be your primary gig. It's that that was the only one allowed. There was mm -hmm. no freedom of expression. And so people were starting to wake up and, and, and the, the, you know, the traditional, male spouse partners went through the same thing too, where they all of a sudden were like, wait a minute, I know this is what I'm supposed to want, but this doesn't yeah. feel right. That's uh, so important. I know this is what I'm supposed to want and I don't mm -hmm. want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, Mr. Rogers, I think was a dad to many generations, mm -hmm. oh my but gosh, that so you're so absolutely right. That authenticity, it is, it is, it, because it, it gives people, I think it gives people a feeling of hope and a sense of permission yeah. to yeah. be themselves. And, but That's I was right. going to mention, um, there's a, a wonderful woman in, she's in New York, actually. Um, I bet you two would have a fat, fabulous conversation. Um, but she has, um, Nicole, it's spiritual alchemy. And what she talked about when we got to interview her for Meow podcast was that, and, and so I keep coming back to this because it keeps coming up. And so it tells me that it is definitely what the human collective is really needing to work on and is working on, you know, those of us who are tapped into that, um, is that our biological neurological structure in our brain mm. there's there's something in there that is programmed mm -hmm. to not deviate from the herd because deviation from the herd is death mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and so that is such a primal mm -hmm. um biological fear mechanism that is kind of running in the background if we're unaware of it and I think oftentimes when we're having these, um, these feelings of, oh, I can't be different, yeah, it has a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I start to feel that kind of panic in myself, because mm -hmm. believe it or not, as out as I am at this point, I still have those moments too, yeah. um, where I'm like, is this too woo for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have to remind myself, okay, wait, is this real? Or are mm -hmm. you just having a biological chemical response to deviating from the herd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Cause it, 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 it could be that. And I, I, I really, I do think that what you said earlier about like, we still have so much trauma from the centuries of persecution. It's like historical trauma. And for some mm -hmm. of us past life trauma, mm -hmm. I don't really know if I have past lives that in which I was practicing magic directly. Like I haven't been shown any, to my knowledge, lifetimes where I was. I've only mm -hmm. been shown lifetimes where I was like an artisan and a craftsperson mm -hmm. or another type of average. It could be that I have some of those lifetimes that just haven't been revealed to me yet. But right now I'm like feeling, and this is like a little bit, I feel like, is this the first lifetime where I am messing with this directly? I mean, as a human, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's possible. But I'm, I'm aware that there's a lot of people who I know who vividly remember mm -hmm. because the trauma of being burned or drowned or any of those things they did would probably yeah. be enough to stick with you and be very prominent um, in the next lifetime. I don't have any of those directly to my knowledge, but I can easily imagine that that would very influence a person. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely does. Uh, I have a lot of past life recall um, that gets a little muddy because my um, part of my soul mission, my soul origins, my experience here was to collect as much uh, and you're, you know, you've been in the game industry. So putting it into those mm -hmm. terminologies, mm -hmm. um, I had to conquer as many bosses as I could to get mm -hmm. as many level ups as I could mm -hmm. to be me now. And mm -hmm. so I did a lot of the walk-in, uh, roles where mm -hmm. I would come in towards the end of people's lives when they had made a soul contract that was just a little too, a lot harder than they thought it was going to be and they didn't want to finish it out mm -hmm. and so I come would go into those experiences and then yes I would experience you know the death part of it and all that but I would also get it was like I would get all of the life experience from it even though I may have only lived in that life for two years five years you know mm -hmm. um and so I can tell you <laughs> that, uh, yes, um, being crushed to death Whoa. under stones, being drowned, wow. being Oof. burned, yeah. being drawn and quartered, being oh. hunted, right. it is all, I mean, that's a deep trauma for people. I'm actually going to have to put a content warning on here now, oh, sure. just in case for this, <laughs> right. but um, because but healing those things and letting those things go. And I mean, for mm. me, the interesting thing is that not all of them are what you would consider what we think of when we think of the persecution mm. of this. It, it sometimes it is experiences uh, that are very ancient that go back to Atlantis or Lemuria. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are shamanic. Um, some of them are um Babylonian uh experiences because what would happen uh 
and not much different than today, you know, what, but I do think that it's shifting, you know, as we talk mm-hmm. all the time about how the age of the guru is over and mm-hmm. there are no more gurus and that a lot of people are rejecting the formerly dominant new age community and thinking, because mm-hmm. what that did is it just applied capitalism and competition to something that was meant to be, um, you know, expansion and freeing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what would happen uh, is that there would be um, a jealousy, a competition. Um, and so there was a lot of betrayal in these different mm-hmm. ages within the actual, you know, spiritual community of the time. So I had the I mean, it was divinely, I know I was divinely led to meet this woman on TikTok of all places, but we're both Gen X, we're both older. And um, she, so that, you know, I was like, that was encouraging to me when I first got on TikTok. (laughs) And I was like, okay, here's another woo witchy person who's my age, who isn't like, um, Wicca Barbie, because you know there's a bit of that on TikTok. As well. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so, um, we met, but she turned out to be a past life Reiki practitioner, and she did this work with me. She volunteered to do it um, because she wanted to help and wanted to practice it. And what came out of that has been a large part of my progress this last year because it revealed things to me that I didn't even know existed like uh, um, through that experience I was able to bring in the knowledge of an experience where um, I was a shaman there was a rival shaman from another group and Mm -hmm. the rival shaman um, they didn't just uh you know, kill me. Um, but they used a plant poison on the spear that they killed me with. And by doing that, it was like, it, it caused this energetic tear in the fabric of my energetic me, my consciousness by me feeling a shock and betrayal from nature. (laughs) Whoa! Like it wasn't even so much the, you know, the, that the person had murdered me. It was that this plant poison, you you know, like this, the, the, this, planet that I was so connected to and love so Uh that did a whole number on me karmically for a long time and then um in Lemuria and also in um Babylonia I had uh two different you know they thought we were rivals I thought they were um colleagues uh-huh. <laughs> friends uh-huh. Yeah. Um, who murdered me because they they wanted um they wanted my my abilities or my power and when they couldn't figure out how to get it they wanted me gone so that I was no longer a threat to them oh uh, and their dominance and whatever that situation was so 
all of those kinds of experiences are very impactful. And I really encourage people to Mm. investigate that. Um, Mm. Her name is Colleen Orr, by the way, Corelove777 on every media. Um, But when you were talking about, and I mean, only you know what your your knowing is. And maybe um, if you have space for it later I would be happy to do a consciousness anchoring with you which I can explain later what that's about um but me embodying uh the goddess Nemesin who is the goddess of memory I have the ability to give others sort of like the book of their consciousness and then it's you and your highest self that deter you know that determine what you remember when and what's needed and all of that so it's not like me telling you who you are or me even having access to that book I'm really just like a librarian (laughs) Mm, oh my gosh Um, wow but what I was gonna say though I I do also um get a lot of information for people in readings and whatnot and my my gut instinct with the fact that you started drawing a tarot deck (laughs) (laughs) in your early 20s is that there's probably something in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Other people have said so too. Other yeah. people have said, said so too. Yeah. Um, do you know if in this this lifetime, this human lineage, if there is any uh, Roma ancestry at all in your family tree? None that I'm aware of. I'm I'm part, uh, you know, uh, uh, British, German, Irish, and Czech. Mm -hmm. and uh that's that's the lineup of my all my great great grandparents gotcha well certainly in this in this particular uh bloodline you certainly might have had some um associations there because the roma they they spread out through many eastern europe communities so Mm. um like you may not necessarily have that uh, in the forefront, but right. like one of those things where if you did a 23 and me or something, some other mm-hmm. languages might come up. Um, but, you know, none of that necessarily matters for now, but it's just good mm-hmm. for people to understand how, how deep those um, karmic, uh, past life experiences can be and how much they can be impacting you now mm-hmm. without you even knowing it mm-hmm. um, and I, I I think that all of the the work that you're doing is absolutely amazing um, so the zines and comics and yeah. games <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah <laughs> another here for hours <laughs> an- oh my gosh yeah it's 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 uh it's funny because I mean, like, like I was saying, like the, the paintings and stuff are like kind of just one part of what I'm working on, but there's like, excuse me, there's like, uh, there is a comic that I'm also working on. Um, Mm -hmm. so at the same time, um, and right now I'm just working on the script for Mm -hmm. it, but there's this ongoing, character that I've had since like since around the same time when the inner mass kind of occurred to me and it it, this this character is called Kerbop the angel 
and uh-huh. it's like it's drawn it's like this this zany little cartoon and it's like a cat person right so it's like oh. a cat person angel and she uh exists in sort of a version of the planet where it's all cat people because i guess i wanted that to be uh where where this uh universe would take place and um in in the story that i'm well basically like like kerbab what maybe i should start by saying like like kerbab was literally a, a sketch i drew in my notebook when i was super bored in art history class in college and so great (laughs) yeah it was it was like one of the few things that really like I was so bored in that class I couldn't believe that as an like me being like so art obsessed like art history was literally the most boring class that Mm. I had during all of college because it was just slide after slide after slide of of, of medieval statues of Mary and mm-hmm. Jesus and them pointing at the wrinkles in the cloth and how this is how we uh, gauge whatever the standards were of realism of art history. And I was bored out of my mind mm-hmm. in that class. I fell asleep all the time, but I did, <laughs> I did think of this, this like angel character and I first like thought of her as like this like warrior angel who's like kind of badass, but at the same time, she's like a young angel and she's just learning how to angel. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I like, like there was like a lot of times when I tried to write, I tried to write a longer, uh, I tried to create a web comic with her and a bunch of other characters. Um, Again, years later, I kind of also didn't do anything with that character for years, but it re- she refused to go away over the years. I kept like having thoughts about this character. It was like, mm-hmm. no matter the, <clears throat> the years were passing and I wasn't doing anything with that, but this character was still on my mind. So I'm like, this character is clearly not going anywhere until I tell her story. So I'm gonna try. And I tried to create a web comic but um, it was like, it was like this, I didn't, I thought I could just like invent a new panel every single week, mm-hmm. but my story was getting so elaborate and I was contradicting myself and the comments of people were like, wait, I thought that this was that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to write the whole thing out first before I plunge yeah, into that drawing sense. it. Yeah, that so I rewound, took that all offline uh, and started again and, you know, thought I had my my story figured out. It was still a bit of a, I, I created one comic and I finished all the way to the end. I finished it in, I, I drew it all in markers because some guys who work at a comic book shop said something like, like I was, I was telling them like that I like to draw in pencil and they made a comment like, oh yeah, this one famous comic artist used to draw in in markers too until he learned how to use a computer. And I was like, oh Oh. yeah, oh yeah. I'm going to draw a whole thing in, in markers and show you that this is a legitimate way. And so I, I drew this whole comic and it's called electricity is her element and it's kind of like 
it's just like this random story. It takes place on one of the moons of Jupiter and mm-hmm. uh, it involves like these dragons and these are like elemental dragons. They're not like, like, you know, typical solid dragons. They're like mostly immaterial dragon, dragon like spirit creatures. And they are from Jupiter and they gather on the moon Io to discuss how the great red spot of Jupiter is shrinking. This is when I was heavily believing myself to be an atheist. And so I thought I'm gonna make this comic book about a space angel, so scientific. Uh-huh. And so, so like about a, a proper astronomy, right? When, with, with, with just like excusing the space dragons. Um, and uh, so, so I, uh, I have these, these space dragons are upset because the great red spot of Jupiter is shrinking, which is something that has been observed and, astronomers mm-hmm. say that maybe there's 300-ish more years or so for the great red spot to be there and so the the dragons are like we need to stir up the great storm again that is the storm that you know caused this this solar system to exist and uh we're gonna summon the elements so again i'm like thinking myself oh i'm just so <laughs> a proper atheist and they're, they're they're doing like you know arcane magic in the in the comic, I'm like, yeah, no, because this is where that's okay, because it's fiction. I'm like, you know, so, mm-hmm. so they do say so they do these rituals and they summon all these like like elemental entities, and then finally Kerbop shows up and stops them. And so uh this is like the first comic where I was able to finish a thing that was a Kerbop story. And in the in the process of that, I realized that she is like a defender of the entire solar system and all mm-hmm. different dimensions of the solar system and everything that is in the solar system and so all of her stories are different like wild things that happen in the context of this whole solar system and so right now I am working on another story to do with Kerbop which uh, uh, takes place a little bit like later in her life and it involves uh like an uh, a woman or a, a cat person woman on the earth who is an oracle and uh she has a premonition that an invading army is going to destroy the empire and she tells the emperor and he banishes her to an island and then later Years later, she's bet she's she's exiled to this island, and then years later, the invading force attacks, and it's an army of giant robots from the sky, and they decimate the empire. And then the emperor comes traveling to her on a raft to find her because she's the only one who can tell him how to stop the robots. And so the angel Kerbop goes to her, and she's like the emperor is coming to you. He he has to learn from you how to deal with the robots and she has to deal with her feelings of having been mistreated and and, and the mistreatment and having to Uh deal with him and so on and so forth. And then we just 
we go from there. <laughs> I won't that, I'll tell you the whole that, thing. Yeah, but. don't tell me the whole story. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so both of I mean, both of those. Wow. <laughs> that all is so exciting to me because you know it has to do yeah. with planets and dragons yeah. and cats mm-hmm. and oh yeah. Um oh, yeah. do you and if you've already been on there, this will be funny, but um do you follow or listen to um, Space Cats Happy Hour yet at all? Um, I don't think so. No. Space um, Cats well, Happy Hour. I pretty much guarantee, because I'm going to make sure that they hear this episode, uh, I pretty much guarantee they'll be contacting me <laughs> <laughs> because um, they are definitely into Space Cats and Dragons and everything oh. you just said. I think oh. they would just absolutely love. So uh I will definitely tell them about you but um I I it's so fascinating how it's almost like in spite of your earth self (laughs) 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 like having this current human experience the person who went through the veil of amnesia and is having this current human experience Mm -hmm. your your soul your guide team your highest self however you want to look at it has been like okay but we're still gonna make all your art about this (laughs) (laughs) yes yes It, it was it was like it was just it was so like I said, it was just screaming at me. The universe was screaming at me mm-hmm. through my own art. And I, I, I probably would not have been able to ignore it forever, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter, I was, I was trying to do my best to be a rational, mm-hmm. all logic, all the time. Being, yeah. So That is so fantastic. Well, I am really looking forward to all of your future works <laughs> that will be coming out. And... Um, uh, you know, we'll definitely share them. I I know we want to have you on, and this is hilarious, but Meow Podcast came, and then Space Cats Happy Hour was kind of inspired, I think, to do their thing because we did our thing, and um, oh, no. it's all really fun, and it's fun that it's all cat related. <laughs> <laughs> it is great that there's so many cats in all these things. Uh-huh. It, it truly is, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Serafina and I will definitely want to have you on Meow Podcast, oh, yeah, which is awesome. our visual YouTube podcast, so that we can um, share slides of of your art as we're talking and share more images um I, I I like you're just I find you fascinating and amazing is is the the reason that you went to the Czech Republic because of your heritage or was it another yeah. reason yeah yeah you know what it was and I was gonna say like something that uh, occurred to me while I was like piecing together all the writings from that inner mask project it was like oh, this, this character is about searching for yourself outside the self. And that's exactly what I was trying to do being uh, in the Czech Republic. And I did not find it there. And I thought for a while that I had failed somehow. Uh, but you know what? I was researching human design this re- recently. You know, I discovered human design the way lots mm-hmm. of people have. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have... Oh yeah, I've taken a look at it. I mean, I it's sort of like astrology for me where I am not great at absorbing all of the detailed minutiae, but Mm -hmm. I am able to go, okay, yeah, I know this makes sense to me. Like for instance, I have a left cross of defiance. So 
it make my entire life made sense to me once I knew that because wow. it's not like I'm a particularly rebellious person necessarily. It's mm-hmm. just that I have found that I almost always have to do things my own way in order to get them done. If mm-hmm. I try to do things the way I'm quote unquote supposed to, right? Mm-hmm. Even in the woo community, mm-hmm. uh, even in podcasts and intuitive business and all that, anytime I try to do it the way I'm supposed to do it, it's it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so that was really freeing for me to find that out, that it's part of my purpose mm-hmm. to bring about diversity and harmony by being that um, outlier all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have the left angle cross of distraction, which (laughs) made so much sense when I was looking at it and it made immediate sense. I'm like, Oh my God, I am so easy. I have a thousand different directions. I go in my art and I can't, and I don't stay in one direction and, you know, and then I'm, I, I get distracted so easily on a everyday level. And Oh my God, is that because of this left angle cross of distraction and you know i had a few uh readings and the readings helped me to Mm -hmm. understand um and you know and uh and p the fairy had her um interpretation of what the left angle cross of distraction means Mm -hmm. and what she said that it means is that um when everyone else is like so uh focused on and freaking out the bad stuff in life. Like Mm -hmm. I, my role is to distract everyone uh, over to something uh, lovely to see or interesting so that people are not affected by that perceived limitation. And then while they're not focusing on it, it moves forward Mm -hmm. so that it's not as bad anymore. And so that is a very interesting and I think she channeled it herself because I believe that she um, just sat with human design and, and got her own impression of all the things. So mm-hmm. I think that that's a, a, a maybe a unique interpretation, but which also makes sense to me as well. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was, well, I was going to say like, you know, the readings, uh, I had like two different human design readings and I feel like I I did not get it the first reading and I got it a little more the second reading. I know totally what you mean about it's dense information. Mm -hmm. And what finally got me to understand it more was I just took a class with, uh, Mm -hmm. and where I I spent, you know, multiple months meeting with a group of people weekly to talk about this week's topic. And that really helped it. It really, for me, it took like a longer structured class type of exposure to it because otherwise I was it was going to remain a fog to me yeah and then um when I was looking at because I'm a manifesting generator and I have a completely open self center which is Mm. also called the excuse me which is also called the g center And when we were talking about what it means to have a completely open self, because having like an undefined self where you, you still have a few of those little wires, you know, you have a few of the little black or red little sticks are coming out, but the middle is not illuminated. It's Mm -hmm. undefined. 
and the in the self center they were telling me that that means you know you 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 know you you have this question of who am i you are searching for yourself and then if you have it completely open that's like exponential cuz you have no idea who you are and then i ah. flashed on my inner mask project and how i was searching for myself in this place in that place in that field in that field and here and there for years and how i had felt like a failure for not finding home in another country or in a field or in this or in that and mm -hmm. then it just like occurred to me that this is part of the teaching of the open self which i had no i would never have thought of in yeah. you know previous to learning that information and part of that wisdom of that center is like there is no concrete self you're looking for something that is not there to find you're never going to find it and it's okay because you're in the position to just see the the mutability and the ephemerality of the mm -hmm. self because you could be anyone and um mm -hmm no matter all the masks you could wear, they're all just gonna be masks at the end of the day. And that's not a bad thing. You just get to see how all the masks are fake, are no more than masks anyway. Right. Um, you that know, they are, there's some value in the mask as well, but uh, so fake is maybe a little harsh to call it, but you know, just a mask Right, anyway. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's, um, there's so many things I was asking my, my guides about it specifically and they told me it's it's a window um you can see right through it and see the real true void level self behind which has no definition and right. is not confined by any labels Mm -hmm. any ideas any distortions it's a window to that all the way like a tunnel and so that was uh, a pretty intense thing to learn as well and so it just put the project into so much um context as well so i yeah. think that also this project was kind of trying to tell me about this um mm -hmm in a way so now that i'm finally wrapping it up my my new my my new understanding is that okay this project also it has to do with that um yes yeah yes um that is fantastic and uh it's wonderful that you have been able to um the i always kind of it always reminds me of the whole following the trailer breadcrumbs thing mm -hmm. because it's like uh and initially, sometimes, you know, we don't even have any idea why we're doing the thing yeah. we're doing. But yeah. by following that pull towards what intrigues you, interests you, mm. um, ignites passion, yeah. um, like almost sometimes to the point of obsession where you're like, well, <laughs> if I don't, because that's what songwriting was often about for me was that I like a 
sometimes I would sit down intentionally, okay, well, I'm going to write a song about this thing. But most of the time, it was like, I wake up at two o'clock in the morning, and I have an entire song in my head. And if I don't write it down, Mm -hmm. or record it, I'm not going to be able to sleep or you know what I mean? It was (laughs) like a real uh, constant thing. But um, for for me, um, discovering grid work and energy expansion and all of that in 2020 Mm. since that has happened and I've kind of gone through the stages of growth that I have what I have put together kind of like you is looking back at my life going back from being a child just the different places I lived the life experience I had the variety of jobs that I took Mm. every single thing that I did which along the way there were times just like you where I was like uh you know why why do, can't why can't I just find the thing why can't I stick with the thing why can't I yeah. climb this corporate ladder and be happy with that or all of you know any of the shifts and movements that I made in my life that at the time I may have seen as some sort of a failure were all completely necessary because yeah. now I have the collective experience and knowledge to do what I'm doing now, which I could not have possibly imagined when I was 20 or 30, you know, or even 40. Uh, But, you know, there were all those steps along the way of um, being born and living in hurricane country. Mm. Uh, Because I was born in Florida and then moving to California and having the earthquake experience and then moving to Colorado and having that sort of experience. And so all of those things tie in together, even the jobs that I had, like Mm. I worked for one of my first corporate things was working for um, a a company that did power generation. So I learned all about power grids and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And at the time I was just being an accounting assistant, you know what I mean? And then an accounting manager, I was just in accounting. That's what I was doing. But I kept finding myself doing accounting for different companies that had, uh, you know, they were they were doing things that I would need to know now. And um, it just blows my mind every time I realize that and I put all those things together. So yeah, for, for anyone out there who is, and there are quite a few because there's another leveling up of those who are already awake and then also just a general mass awakening happening again. Um, and then, so there's a lot of people who are in that limbo spot where they still feel like they're failing somehow, or they don't know where they're going or what they're mm-hmm. doing or what their purpose is. And sometimes you just kind of have to live your life a little bit <laughs> yeah. to let that unfold for you. Cats and kittens, let me tell you about Meow Podcast on YouTube. This is our collaboration between myself, Andrea Land, Grieving Goddess, 
and Serafina of Fraggle Ing with Serafina. It's hard to believe that we have been doing the OWL podcast, M-E-O-W-W, on YouTube for almost a year now. Watch for a lot of exciting upcoming events this year. We host a global panel discussion and healing conversations about topics including metaphysical, sociopolitical, health, really all about aspects of human and non-human life. So come join us on Meow Podcast. Please like, subscribe, hit that alarm button so that you get notifications of our episodes when they drop. We have many guests from Grooving Goddess and also from Fraggling with Serafina, as well as entirely different guests that you're not going to get on other podcasts. So come listen, watch, and enjoy Meow Podcast today. You can also find and follow our page on Instagram, the Meow Podcast, and send us a DM if you would like to be on the show, or you have any questions or comments, or just want to say howdy. So come on down and strut your stuff with us cats and kittens in these healing conversations. Meow Podcast. It's not a vibe. It's a frequency. Do you know your human design type? Are you a manifesting generator? I, it, it's funny. Everyone thinks I'm a manifesting generator. Mm. I guess I have a, <laughs> a, real, a real manifesting generator energy. Um, but I am a generator. I'm ah. a 6'2". Gotcha. And yeah, so that's I'm a my... I'm 6'2 as well. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. see, we're, we're very similar. I just don't have the the other part of it, I guess, but, um, the, uh, from what people have told me, there are definitely things about mine, which are a little different than usual. Um, Mm. but I'd be happy to send it to you, my hologenetic, uh, profile. I, I've had, um, a few, few readings and looks at it myself Mm. and I've, I've dug into the gene keys and things. And I, I think sometimes it's not so much that it's like, um, like something where if I just study this hard enough, I'll, I'll learn it and know it like the back of my hand. It's more like, um, we still have some biological limitations of our human physiology at this point we haven't completed the transformation and crystalline activation Mm -hmm. so they need you know they i the collective they that is the team including myself up there who who bosses me around down here um (laughs) I it's more like they're like yeah you know get your 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 readings or get this information but Mm -hmm. this isn't what we need you to hold in your brain because you need to study you know the things that I have and that I do which is the human resonance and the solar weather and yeah 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 you know what I mean and so they're like okay your brain has a certain capacity and we need <laughs> you to use it for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. Um, my feeling about like 
human design specifically right now is that it's it's really good if people need permission or yes. like, if they're if they're having trouble with the story that society is telling them about how they're supposed to work because it can tell you more accurately about how you work and and it, there's a huge theme in it about like every single person is built differently and our society is has been trying very very noticeably to make us all the same that's even how a classroom is structured you look visually yes. at a classroom and all the kids are in a grid formation with the teacher up at top and it's mm -hmm. trying to give the same information to all the kids and expect the same from them and then grade them all according to one standard how well they did in that one way not giving credit for that each student maybe has their own way to learn and their own thing that's important for them to learn and yes. their own process of creating and their own mission in what to create our society has been very intent on making just like armies of people mm -hmm. that are the same and this is in like the literal military and then as well in like the the capitalist i want to say not to you know, not to talk about cap like just always Talk, like blame on capitalism or always bring it back to capitalism but mm -hmm. it's a lot of things it's 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 not just about the capitalism it's it's also it was even before then a little bit um, oh yeah well to me capitalism is just a modern form of feudalism there which has go. existed yeah. since the history of people yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, so so in that way, human design is a little bit of uh, a recovery system from that. In yes. Yeah, just like, you know, it flies so directly in the face of everything we were taught about, like, you're a failed person if you fail our one standard structure and mm -hmm. do things the same way. And even especially in the workplace, we expect everyone to work according to the same hours, nine to five, you are on from this until that, and you produce this amount by this time where we punish you. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, and and you sleep exactly then and you this and that and so um that that specifically i think for me at least uh the human design thing well first of all human design for me it really was a big permission slip when you find out you're a manifesting generator it's like yes you do have enough energy to do all the different things and you don't have to feel bad about you have oracle decks and also comics and also yes. paintings and also writing and you don't have to feel like you have to choose one and for me this was really important um mm. to find out that i don't have to feel bad about that and i don't feel like i have to stop one or more of those because i think for a lot of years i thought i had to choose and that was blocking me from doing any yes i yeah. i relate to that so hard that yeah. It, yeah. and i think that may be part of the reason why a lot of people who know more more about human design than I do often think I am a manifesting generator mm -hmm. because I have a lot of that type of mm -hmm. uh, design and personal energy is that, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I, I 
was interested in and still am interested in so many things. Mm -hmm. And I went through that same struggle, like you're talking about where it was like, okay, well, are you a singer in a rock band or are you making jewelry or are you doing this other thing or, you know, and, and I, because like you, we were being told that we had to pick a thing. Yeah. Pick mm-hmm. a thing and do oh, that yeah. thing. Because unless you do one thing for 10,000 hours, you're never yes. going to be an expert <laughs> and nobody's going right. to listen to you. And yeah. when I, and you're absolutely right. Human design did help me with that as well, because mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it is, of course, but I know right. there is yeah. something in my profile, which talks about that, where um, I meant to, like sort of be a renaissance woman you know Mm -hmm. where I am doing a lot of different things and for a long time oh okay sorry we're having a moment right now listeners uh cat is um uh manifesting (laughs) (laughs) some thought retrieval but uh Mm. it it was (laughs) so when I kept being told I had to choose, this is going to make me cry. When I kept being told I had to choose, it physically burned me out. And Mm -hmm. by the time I was like 40 ish, um, I, I got sick. It made me physically ill. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had had health challenges all of my life, but Mm -hmm. I was always able to manage them. Mm-hmm. while I was um, exploring all of these different things, mm-hmm. allowing myself to go where my joy was and like, okay, well now I'm, I feel like doing this kind of a thing. And, and I mean, I would have your regular work a day job, but I had a structure in my life that allowed me to be into and interested in and expressing and creating a lot of different things. Yeah. And when I got to a place in my life where um, I, I had been knocked out of the corporate world, thankfully, honestly, uh, when my kids were born, that's when disability came on board for me because of some damage there. Um, but I, I did that for quite a while when my kids were little, it was like, well, I guess now I'm doing, you know, I get to do a bunch of different things and I did. And as long as I was able to do that, my, um, you know, my health was pretty stable. Like I, I lived my best life in spite of whatever limitations I had and what I couldn't do. But when I got to a point where a whole bunch of things together took away that permission and Mm -hmm. now I wasn't, you know, like you're, like you're saying, I was failing if I didn't pick a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's Mm -hmm. when I got really, really, really sick Mm -hmm. and then I couldn't do any of it. And so I, I dug my way out of that situation, um, over a period of time. And it wasn't until I did Mm -hmm. and had permission again that I started getting physically better. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's been quite a long time since I was capable of, holding all of these different things at the same mm-hmm. time and that's what's mm-hmm. going to make me cry Aww. because um I recently uh started having music come out of me again and um you know I've written 
uh, two and a half because I'm not done with the third one yet. But I've written those songs in the last week and that's more than has come out of me Mm -hmm. in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years in that arena. And then um, I, I just recently started manipulating uh, Schumann resonance data and I think it's turning into an artistic expression for me Mm -hmm. and when we were having that conversation about the oracle decks and everything um, I a bell went off in my head and I was like oh maybe that's where that's going oh my gosh (laughs) that's amazing make a deck but I had I am not I, I do not draw. I'm not yeah. that sort of an artist, you know? And mm. so I kept thinking to myself, okay, well, that's great. But who, who's going to make these pictures in your head make sense? Ah. And um, at any rate, it's like, that is what is coming back for me. And the more I lean into that, doing many, many things and having many interests, um, the, the healthier and more whole I feel. That's amazing. Yeah. And we can talk later if you need any art support about that project, if you want. Um, oh, thank you. I really appreciate that because if I decide to take that on in that way, I certainly would need a mentor um, because I've never done anything like that before. But I know for right now, it yeah. just makes me so happy and joyful to sit here and um you know, work with color and, Mm -hmm. and editing and things, you know, digital art, basically, Mm -hmm. to draw out these images that are hidden in that data, um, and find what's there. And it, it makes me um, so happy to do it. Yeah, to have a way to express that part of myself that I haven't. So that's awesome. Yeah. You you are just so immensely inspiring. I have really appreciated that. And and knowing that you were in the gamer industry and in Silicon Valley and everything, of course you have wrestled with uh being woo at all because yeah. <laughs> I grew up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It's it's a very oh man. The 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 dominant uh culture is yeah, although you know what, I've heard some people start to talk about it changing. I've heard mm-hmm. little little drips here and there, but it has been a little bit machismo in the mental machismo. Mental, you know, mental giants are the big, you know, uh, mm-hmm. heroes that are, everybody is trying to be the rational, the bastion of rational thinking and you know, uh, just like pure analytic, like a computer, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely work with computers and do genius things with computers and, uh, and mm. take on reality, like maybe a computer in, yeah. in the way we think of computers now. So, uh, yeah, it is, I do think it's shifting. I really do. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to happen so much exponentially faster than any of us can imagine because I'm over yeah. I, this tide, like I've felt the tide coming, this wave coming over the last year mm-hmm. and watched uh, a lot of the language that 
modern intuitives and artists uh, have been expressing finding their way into the mainstream yeah and finding their way into uh, the podcasts and uh, music and entertainment that that people are putting out that in the past would have been just very surface level commercial mm -hmm. uh, that are suddenly having their you can watch it like one in particular it's really funny I don't know if she'll ever know that I keep talking about her on my podcast <laughs> but um Nikki Glazer, who is a stand-up comic um very successful uh rapidly growing fame at the moment and she's been on on radio Sirius X, XM and uh done podcasts for a long time but with the advent of um the pandemic and the shifting and changing and kind of being um, sidelined for a little while, mm. she has gone on a journey. And I, it's been so yeah. much fun for me because I, I could like hear between the words when I would be listening to her podcast that I knew she was having like awakening symptoms, you know, wow. <laughs> Those. and um it's taken a while but like she has now found her way wow. to a voice teacher who also happens to be a reiki practitioner and like she's you know opening up more and more to uh those ideas and so yeah. watching someone at that level of mm -hmm. um mainstream commercial except success having uh, that shift in them is so yeah. encouraging to me. I, I think a lot of people, they start to worry like, oh, well, but isn't this thing that we're doing going to become less special Then it's like, no, it'll be more special because more people will be conscious humans mm -hmm. and life will be happier. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. This oh, man of all the of all the protests. Right. Oh, but what will it will it not be special anymore, man? But we do think of all, all kinds of protests, right? Like, oh, no, mm -hmm. uh, what what bad things might happen if we change. But yeah, if it um for it for it uh not to be our special secret anymore or mm -hmm. uh not for it for it to not stand out as different but then as soon as if 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 uh something like you know acceptance of 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 like whatever like past re past lives and and uh you know um uh, just a different relationship with reality and stuff if that becomes mainstream then we get a whole new level of things that are out there yes. and, and relative to that to, you know to uh yep, chase after and play games with yeah i do <laughs> so right about that um every time i i start to think and it's not like a like a an ego like cocky like oh well now i know it all and i'm the expert but every time i i start to kind of feel a little settled into what i'm doing and i'm you know, kind of getting in a rhythm like with that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, I can do this thing and I'm really enjoying it. And this is wonderful. And um, this must surely be the thing. And then there's another leveling up of the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh -huh. oh, um, which is 
how it's meant to be. We are, that's, it. oh, wow. And that is such a concept too. We could just talk for hours, but oh, um, man, I know the, the idea that um, we're supposed to somehow like grow up and then become ourself like, you know, twenties, thirties, and then, yeah. and then we're done. Like yeah. then we're done for the rest of our life. Yep. Um, and fortunately I came from, um, elders who were not that way. Um, mm. like my great grandmother on my father's side, she went to community college probably up until, mm. you know, a year or two before she passed in her eighties. Mm. Um, and I, it's, it's the people who continue learning and who continue growing that wind up having these long, happy, fulfilled lives, mm. uh, in, in my observation. And so, um, you know, growing and learning and discovering, I think is how it's meant to be. And you're absolutely right. Like, I can't wait to see what happens after so much of this goes mainstream, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that um, you were making me remember about like Jim Carrey, I think. Oh, Jim yeah. Carrey had this huge, vivid, like, um, you know, spiritual awakening. And I mean, there had been, when I'm thinking about it more, I feel like previous to that, it used to be that if a celebrity or someone famous became spiritual in the United States or the West, you would see him become a Buddhist, right? And we saw that mm -hmm. with the Beatles and then even with Steve Jobs and with like a number of other people. And that I think was like this need and this calling, like, you know, finding, you know, the closest mm -hmm. thing that would still accommodate the very, very heavily mental, heavily rational thing that society accepts. Um, but uh, yeah, like now I think, I mean, I feel like Jim Carrey pushed it even like, you know, even mm -hmm. further than I had seen. And, and then and I also was wondering about, man, there sure are a lot of stand-up comedians uh, wake, who, who are uh, the awake, uh, like, woo, uh, I guess, like, people with podcasts or people I hear, like, there's a lot of stand-up comedians. And I'm like, what is, what is it about stand-up comedians? Uh, you I have a theory. Yeah, I do. I have a theory uh, right off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. Trauma. Oh, most people who awaken sooner mm. had a significant load of trauma in their lives. Uh, and that is because that was partly, especially like for my generation and older, the first wave of people, mm -hmm. it was necessary in order to retain more of the knowledge that uh, you lose through the veil of amnesia. Mm -hmm. It was necessary to retain um, soul power. It's the only way I can describe it. Uh, yeah. To have some of those early traumas. Oh yeah. Um, and wow. so most comedians. I mean, there's very few stand-up comics who had like a, a you know a quote-unquote normal perfect life. <laughs> I almost feel like none because you know what? That's reminding me too. I feel like 
somebody was also talking about like Jim Carrey said something about like, or, or someone said something about Jim Carrey that was like comedians, you know, they tend to have super tragic pasts and that's why mm-hmm. they become funny in order to just deal with that or, yeah. you know, be able uh, to survive well, mentally that. Yeah, it's that. And it's also um, like, for instance, say, well, in my case, um, I was born into a family that battled a lot of dysfunction and addiction and things. And so my coping mechanism as a small child was to be the sunshine, the Shirley Temple, the one who would sing when everybody was wanting to fight with each other or, you know, And so I think that's also part of it is that um, a lot of people who developed that talent uh, early were were like, okay, well, if I can just get my family to laugh about something, then they'll stop screaming at each other, you know, or, and and also just being able to find the humor in things does help you transmute that, those dark and shadow experiences and help integrate them. And, and it helps other people who maybe aren't, you know, they don't have an entertainment proclivity necessarily that's not in their design but um it helps them to be able to hear the darkness presented with some humor um, because it's easier for people to handle it in that format Mm -hmm. and have whatever healing they need to have from it it's like it's like when when you have a tragic enough uh, you know event to 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 reflect on you have like kind of two choices you can either cry or laugh mm-hmm. when, when it's intense enough there's no like you to, you have to have an extreme response to an extreme experience yes yes that's an excellent point because um you know laughing and crying are really just two sides of the same coin Mm -hmm. in many ways it's an emotional release it's a mental release Mm -hmm. uh it's even a biochemical release so uh i think that that's often what it what happens is and I mean, there's, and believe me, nothing wrong with crying. We are not saying that, but there is yeah. huge power in being able to um, cross a threshold from crying about whatever it is that has caused a wound to um, laughing about it. Yeah. That's where the magic happens, I think, yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that is, that ties it all together. Why I'm seeing so many uh stand-up comedians in the Mm -hmm. space that makes so much sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well uh I guess I better let you go and I think my dog now wants um her attention (laughs) 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 but um tell everybody where they can find you and um I I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to have this wonderful conversation with me because um, I got so much out of it and I know my listeners will too. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Nat, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so glad we were able to do this. Um, And yeah, the, the best place to find me, the best place to start is Instagram at conscious dust. I mentioned I have another Instagram account and that's specifically for the inner mask Oracle deck. And so it's the inner mask on, uh, 
on Instagram. Um, you can follow either or depending on which flavor you want, but the Conscious Dust one has my links to my comics and things as well. Um, you can also, if you want to go to, if you're not on Instagram, my website is catcrow.com, K-A-T-C-R-O-W. If you are for any reason a non-Instagram person, which I'm sure uh, there's some folks out there who yes, are there definitely are. There definitely <laughs> yes. are. This is yeah. how I wind up being on all of the platforms except <laughs> I'm be on Twitter. <laughs> yes, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Kat. And I know my listeners will be going and following you. And I am excited to go put uh, your decks on my wish list. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. For myself, because they're just so beautiful. And you are a wonderful light. And I am really excited to see your future work and see what is completed for you during this nine year and then where uh, the one year takes you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you listeners. And we will talk to you next time. Was I right? Or was I right? That really was an amazing conversation and getting to listen to it again in the editing process was a great boost for me and reminder of some things that I'm working on myself and things to keep in mind and be happy and grateful about. Um, I hope that it gave you a lot of inspiration and do go follow her, especially if you are a user of decks of various styles or you like zines or you just appreciate beautiful art. Really amazing stuff. And of course, there are artworks and pictures attached to the promotional uploads online so you'll be able to go do that and let's see who's on deck next I believe my next interview that will be out is with Sarah Fournay so I'm very excited that's Supernatural Sarah I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to mention oh yeah so when my earbuds drained, it turned out after we got off of that interview call, I went and checked and there was a really big solar flare. So the immediate radio blast from that um, caused a, a blackout of some satellites and things. And so I just thought that was interesting that it drained my, my earbuds, the Bluetooth. So it just sucked the juice right out of that battery. Um, not the first time though I have that effect on electronics it can be a real chore sometimes so was there anything else beyond that I am so grateful even more so after listening to it uh, to Kat for that wonderful conversation and coming on and spending so much time with me I think her journey is so inspiring and uh, just so much to, to glean from that and inspiration to get and just a very positive, wonderful, beautiful soul. So I'm really happy she was able to come on. I will be 
releasing a lot more information from here on out about the Awakening Mintaka Symposium, which is coming up on April 9th. It is a free half-day Zoom uh, webinar, if you will, for discussing and um, sharing information about Mintaka. We are looking for people who think they might have the starseed lineage or identify with it in some way. Uh, our goal here is to find those who are geared to anchor unconditional love on this planet and bring them together to amplify that frequency when the world needs it most. We have the innate ability from birth to be able to exist in that state of unconditional love regardless of what's going on around us. But that also makes it very difficult for Mintak and Starseeds to understand and tolerate some of the violence and cruelty and uh, more negative behaviors, uh, different frequencies, denser frequencies. Uh, and so although all of those parts are necessary for the experience of the whole of being human, it's still very difficult when your starseed lineage is one of complete harmony peace and love so I believe that a lot more people are awakening and they're going to be having various feelings around their starseed lineage and start to be even more aware of though that love frequency and those differences and I want to bring those people into the Mintaka family and be able to have other people to connect to so that we continue to hold that frequency on earth and magnify it for the world. Oh, 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 oh,
dark You are nothing but a lock No, I snuck in like an ark I knew I had to leave my mark Wanted to be satisfied I tried to be dignified Wearing nothing is divine Naked is the state of mind And it feels alright And it feels alright